Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This episode is brought to you by the San Francisco Ballet. I'm Rebecca King-Ferraro. And I'm Michael Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance. Welcome to our first of two bonus episode wrap-ups of San Francisco Ballet's Unbound Festival. In each episode, we will be talking with three different dancers and the company about what ultimately led them to San Francisco Ballet and about their experience at the Unbound Festival. These episodes were recorded in the first few days of the festival around April 20th. To start off this episode, we sit down and chat with principal dancer Luke Ingham. Thank you for joining us for running upstairs after class and uh, in between your rehearsals. We really appreciate having you here. All right. So you grew up in a farm in the country in Australia. How did you get your start in dance? Um, I started when I was five. Uh Um, My mom used to dance when she was younger and had like ballet shoes. Um, I found them when I was about three years old. Mm. I found a pair of her shoes and just wanted to know what it was. Um, she sort of told me about it. Um, she said that basically when I turned five, I could go to a class uh-huh. and she was not like skeptical about me doing it, but just was, you know, it's not something people in, like boys in the country did at the uh-huh. time. So I, yeah, I sort of, when I turned five, I asked about it. She took me along and I've been doing ballet ever since. Did you think maybe you would forget between three and five? Yeah. And you were like, I, I that was not. kind of her intention. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, he'll probably forget about it. <laughs> no, did, you didn't. Did you have like a, did you maintain a sort of strong interest from it from that age five to when you would be going to a professional ballet school? Um, yeah, like I always loved ballet. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to play a lot of other sports as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like Australian football, cricket. I uh, used to be really involved in swimming. Mm-hmm. But um, ballet was the thing I kind of enjoyed the most. It was very physical, very challenging. Um, and it used to really frustrate the hell out of me. So that was kind of the thing that drew me to it a little bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. At what point did you have to give up those other um, Uh It was around sort of 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. Um, just 
with having so many other commitments, it became very difficult. Right. For, especially for my mom. She was driving me around a lot. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, at the age of 15, I started at the Australian Ballet School. So I moved away from home to Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, and then was like basically in full time ballet school from 15 till 18. How did you decide that you wanted to take that step and attend a professional ballet school like that of a higher caliber? Um, I think just largely based on how much I enjoyed what I was doing, mm-hmm. um, knowing that there was like around that sort of time, it became apparent that there was the potential to make a career out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it sort of all fell into place pretty, um, I don't want to say easily, like there's a lot of hard work that goes into it, but just like for me like getting accepted um into like the australian ballet school and then from the australian ballet school into the australian ballet Mm -hmm. and then sort of like finding my way here Mm -hmm. so it's sort of i think it's sort of worked out pretty well Mm -hmm. so how many years did you dance with the australian ballet i think it was seven seven so that's i mean that's a considerable amount of time Yeah, yeah how did um how did your time there shape you as a dancer um, it was great. We performed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to perform a lot of like roles while I was there. Um, I spent three years in the quarter ballet. And then uh, when I got promoted to soloist, I was performing predominantly principal roles at that time, mm-hmm. um, which was really great. I had a bad injury the, my last year there. So that was kind of a good thing. It helped kind of prepare me to kind of really get an understanding of my body and just like going through kind of a six month long rehab process um, was really interesting and it kind of like it rebooted me a little bit Mm -hmm. Um, it was kind of a good it in the end it was a really good thing was that part of the catalyst for you trying to move on to a different company I think I'd always envisioned myself um, going overseas Mm -hmm. Um, I fortunately received a scholarship from the Australian Ballet when I, when I was in my second year in the company mm-hmm. and uh, traveled around the States, saw a few different companies here, um, PMB, went to National Ballet Canada, New York City Ballet, ABT, and then the last place I came was here. And the San Francisco Ballet was by far, for me at that time, the most impressive company. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like they had just uh, the whole uh, company, like the quarter ballet, the solace and the principals were all really, really strong um, group. So that always kind of stuck with me. And I always knew that I wanted to challenge myself. Um, Australia's, the Australian Ballet is a really great company, but it's also very isolated. Um, it's very kind of like, um, they're like kind of indentured in their in their environment they're the biggest company in australia they they kind of they don't really have a lot of competition within the company and with other companies Mm -hmm. so i think for me i always wanted to just like see how like what else was out there and experience life in another place Mm -hmm. right and that's something that's so great about our job is that we are able to do that Mm -hmm. so so when you did decide to move on, you didn't come immediately to San Francisco. You went to Houston Ballet first. Um, how did that come about? And was your ultimate goal to come to San Francisco? And did it just not pan out the first try? Um, I had auditioned here. Um, my wife and I were on a trip. Uh, we were performing with Morphosis, mm-hmm. um, with Chris. And 
like we were in communication with Helgi and it sort of just like broke apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think with contracts right. availability and you know sure. how these sort of things all pan out. like luck and timing. Yeah. yeah. And, um, so we went away, we stayed in the company in the Australian ballet for another two years after that, I think. Um, and then, uh, my wife had a really great connection with, um, Stanton. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really kind of, uh, loved her dancing and, we kind of reached out to him. We both felt like we were ready to leave Australia. We didn't really intend on like um, only being there for a year, but I think for me personally, it didn't really like, I really love the company. Um, they're a great group of dancers, really strong um, like technicians and, and great performers and stuff. And as a group, they're a really cohesive group, but I, like for me personally, I, I wasn't really getting the work that I felt I was like kind of wanting at that mm-hmm. time. And um, like, you think more in terms of like the range of repertoire because San Francisco. Has well, such a- I think that they have a similar kind of. I mean, I think we do a lot, a little bit more rep. Mm-hmm. But as far as like what the actual rep is, I think it's pretty sort of similar. Like, you know, I really wanted to be doing f- full lengths. Mm-hmm. Um, the, my first year in the company, we did Romeo. Mm-hmm. I was like Capulet number four. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I was like, you know, it would just, I wanted to kind of, at that time, I think I was like 20, 27 years old. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, it's that thing, like, do we stay <laughs> and just hope or do we like try? Mm-hmm. So my wife actually, um, she auditioned for NDT. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I auditioned here. We both flew out the same weekend. Um, and I got a really positive, immediate response from Helgi. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a better contract offer than what I was already on at Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it wasn't anything really to do with, like, Houston or anything there apart from just me wanting to kind of... Yeah, yeah and I felt like here I was going to get an opportunity to do that. Um, and... Basically, immediately I did. I came in and the first few things I was cast in was like Chris Wilden's Cinderella. I was cast as a prince in that. Um, I did on Jaegen my first year. Um, and then every year since I've done most of the like full-length repertoire, which has been really great. It's, I, I mean, it's, it's a not an uncommon story, but always an interesting one to me about how so many um, – dancers significant dancers have started out in a place where they just weren't seen in that light and all it Mm -hmm. takes is a new pair of eyes that you know are interested in that our our fates are held in one person's hands and so you sometimes you gotta find a new person (laughs) well it is it is like you know um there is that i guess the missing piece of the jigsaw puzzle sometimes it's just Mm -hmm. like a good fit Mm -hmm. and that kind of I think that's kind of how it panned out for me. I had some very, um, like my first performance, um, we were in London mm-hmm. and uh, I was a cover for Chris Wilden's Golden Hour. Mm-hmm. So one of the part of their couples in that and the guy I was covering, he got injured in the first ballet. Mm-hmm. And so I was just sitting in the change room and someone ran in and they're like, are you, are you covering this ballet? And I'm like, yeah. Um, and then I just like stood up put my pants down and put my dance belt on, <laughs> ran to the studio. Um, oh like Sarah was there. Chris uh-huh. was there because it was the opening of his ballet at Sadler's Wells. Uh-huh. 
Um, and I went on and, you know, it was like a really great kind of starting point for me just to jump in at the last minute. And I felt like I was, that was the one ballet that, that I like was covering that I actually really knew quite well. So I was so lucky. So I was like kind of lucky and that, you know, all the company likes, I just remember like standing in the wings watching and it's such a beautiful ballet. Uh, Anyway, it's Mm -hmm. within the golden hour. Mm -hmm. So I've performed that ballet a lot more, but it's still, I still have that same feeling from that first performance. Always, I always feel a little bit like nervous about it. Yeah. Yeah. So that for me and, there's been a few other instances where I've sort of had multiple partners and yeah. I, don't I mean, know. I can't imagine starting on a better note than that, you know, but yeah. under pressure, yeah. performing well under pressure and then, you know, the, for the very first thing. Yeah. So that set you off on the, on the right path. So when you first started dancing with this company, your wife was not here. She was in NDT. Is that right? Yeah. So we did like a long distance relationship for three long. years. Wow. Yeah. For three years. Yeah. Wow. So it was a lot of commuting back and forward. And, yeah. But it's great. I, um, I mean, she had a really awesome time in, right. in the Netherlands and with the company and it was really awesome for me to have, uh, that kind of small experience with NDT as well. Um, right. They're really incredibly inspiring bunch of dancers. Mm-hmm. And you get to see them dance a lot. Yeah, yeah, and I was fortunate enough to see them perform um, on a few like of their tours. So the last performance my wife did was at the Bolshoi Theatre. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it was incredible to kind of be there and just be a fly on the wall for that yeah. and, and to see some of the most amazing performances yeah. that I've seen. And oh. yeah. So it seems like Christopher Wilden has sort of been an integral figure in your life. Uh, when did you first um, begin working with him? Did he come to the Australian Ballet to, yeah. to set something new? Or? You know, I think it's funny. I think there's so many dancers that would you could probably say that of Chris. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think um, I know for my wife as well um, that he's kind of somehow, I guess because he's just so prevalent right. um, within – you know the com- every company you know in the US and yeah. so he's um he's always been someone that I've admired and and it's just amazing like how he's sort of always yeah he's always sort of been there mm-hmm. um so he I first kind of worked with Chris um we did uh after the rain the mm-hmm. full version mm-hmm. so it was actually Ed Liang that came out and set the ballet and then Chris came out uh, later and was working with us um, on that and you know he's just such a great guy um, to work with and yeah. also out of the studio so um, yeah to kind of have that experience working with him was really really um, great for me and then my wife went on to a um, with the Morphosis group mm-hmm. one of the first sort of tours and then I got to go for the West Coast tour that they did in, mm-hmm. I think it was 2009. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so I've had a lot of, like, kind of dealings with him and I've always loved doing um, his work. Right. So we're here to cover um, San Francisco Ballet's Unbound Festival. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about what ballets you're dancing in and what the process has been like for you? So I'll start with what I'm performing tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, that's David Dawson's mm-hmm. Anima Animus. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little bit about that process. Um, I've never worked with David before. Mm. Um, I'd heard a lot about him. Um, I know some people that have, had worked with him at Het National and 
I'd seen a piece that he'd choreographed at Het National and so I wasn't – I really had no um, idea what to expect. Mm-hmm. Right. And from day one, I've really enjoyed it. He's been, um, like, really motivating. I think he's brought the best out of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, he, I've just, he's just got such a, a, an amazing energy – Mm-hmm. Um, he's very motivating. He's very demanding with his style. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think every I think the thing that it's been great to see is that everyone's kind of bought in to to him and and what he he wants. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what is really appealing about his piece. There's mm-hmm. obviously a lot of energy and a lot of dancing, and it's like really one of the most. Um, physically demanding ballets I've done, mm-hmm. one-act ballets. Um, but just to see how committed everyone is to it uh, and just to see how fantastic everyone looks mm-hmm. has been been really great. Good. What else are you dancing? Um, so last night I danced Justin's, Justin Peck's new ballet. How was that? Did you enjoy it? It was really fun. Looked fun. <laughs> it was, Exhilarating. Yeah, it was actually one of the, like, I've – Never felt less nervous about doing a premiere. Good, that's fun. Yeah, it was just sort of like really, um, like the way the whole ballet, sorry, the way the whole ballet is like put together. Mm-hmm. Um, you just get a real sense of like being a community and a part of the group, and it there's not you're not relying on any like technique or anything with the with the runners on and stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Good. It looked like so much fun. We were sitting there like, we yeah. want to do this. I always love those ballets where you, you know, because sometimes you have a checklist in your head. You're like, okay, I have this hard thing coming up. Yeah. And once that's over, just enjoy just the fun. rest of it. Yeah. yeah. Have something where you're like, no checklist. It's just yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I uh, um, get to perform a really beautiful party with Sarah, which is always oh, fun. Mm-hmm. That was so, so beautiful. beautiful. And then, yeah, it's just, yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> and then the third ballet is the Bjork Ballet by Arthur Peter. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of – I've we've obviously had a few sort of like tech runs on stage. Yeah. Um, it's definitely one that I wish I had a second cast so I could see what it looks like from uh, the front, Yeah, uh, especially the mirrored floor. I'm really excited to see how it looks. But I think from a design point of view, it, it's going to look amazing. Right. And another one that's just really fun to dance mm-hmm. – um, Dancing a lot with Doris, a lot of like contortioning, um, lifting, and yeah, so she's able to basically pretzel herself into yeah. <laughs> a few, a lot of different shapes and stuff. So we've had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, great. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it, and no we look worries, forward thank you. to. Can't wait can... to see the rest of the, the ballet. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't wait to get this one done uh-huh. tonight. <laughs> and then you'll and feel then, good. Yeah, it'll okay. be right. a little bit more relaxed from there. Okay. <laughs> well, married for married this for evening. tonight. Thank you. Next, we welcome Benjamin Fremantle, who was just promoted to soloist. So thank you, Ben, for joining us today. We're happy to have you up here in our tower, we're calling it our studio that we have here above some beautiful San Francisco Ballet Studios. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. And you just ran from rehearsal, right? What were you just... Uh, uh, we were just working on, on uh, Dwight Roden's ballet called Let's Begin at the End, which is fun. When does that one premiere? Is it towards the end? Uh, if you don't know, you guys are living day by day right now. I was going right to say, now. I have no idea. <laughs> no. Tomorrow's our first... We have a tech rehearsal tomorrow for it. 
Mm-hmm. So that's kind of our first. So after tomorrow, it'll happen. Yeah, some sometime. <laughs> we'll, we'll get back to the festival for sure. For sure, that's why we're here. Yeah. Um, but let's start at the beginning with um, what first uh, captured your interest in dance. Um, I actually started about six years old. My sister was enrolled in Irish dancing to begin with, of all things, and she would go to rehearsal and come back and be like going around the house. And I started following her around the house and like mm-hmm. trying to pick up whatever she was doing. And then my parents saw that in me. And then at six years old, they, they dragged me to my first Irish dancing class, which I hated at first, but then ended up loving, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and I stayed there for like six years before um, transitioning over to like jazz, contemporary, ballet, hip hop. So you were only focusing on Irish dance for all those years? Yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even have, I had no idea that ballet was even like a thing or an option. Right. Or even for the first like four years in the world, I didn't know what the world was mm-hmm. i didn't know you could be in san francisco ballet and have a full career and dance so what age did you start doing ballet then i guess i got serious around for ballet probably around 16 when i came to the san francisco ballet yeah. school because before i was like i loved <clears throat> contemporary and modern and mm-hmm. i was using musical theater i was failing but loving hip-hop um, uh-huh. and i was doing all that kind of stuff but i think i like left it all behind and like focused on ballet at like 16 years mm-hmm. old and what drove that shift why why sudden uh um i think i was better at it Uh uh-huh just like you know your parents just want you to kind of do do well and do what you want to do but they also want you to have a future and a job and a career so i think they kind of geared me towards something i was already inclined to and my teachers loved me and i think i just naturally had a more um ballet and contemporary physique Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. compared to um a great singing voice. <laughs> Were your parents always really supportive of you doing dance and pursuing yeah, this yeah. as a career? My parents are like so artistic and my mom had a radio show growing up and my dad's a sculpture artist of, he just found metal sculpture work. So mm-hmm. he like goes to garage sales and we'll uh-huh. find like spoons and oh, um, cool. bricks and I'll make them into crosses or people or yeah. um, benches or so reindeer or something huh. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So you were always around art your whole life then? Yeah. Just like thoroughly involved in mm. art, which is pretty great. cool. So you grew up in uh, British Columbia. Yeah, yeah. What attracted you to San Francisco in particular? Um, I said this quite a few times, but um, at the time I was, um, I auditioned for the San Francisco Ballet School and also for the School of American Ballet. Mm. Um, and we were kind of going back and forth because I had a pretty even scholarship both places. Mm-hmm. But um my parents, being the good Canadians they are, decided to call both places and see which ones were nicer. Mm-hmm. So we called San Francisco Ballet, and I think at the time, I can't remember who the registrar was, but she was a lovely woman, and she was just so open-hearted and like answering all the questions. And over at School of American Ballet, I don't want to hate on them, but they're a little more New York. Yeah, just yeah. Like direct. This, this, right. this, get over next call. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So I think my parents were like, I think this seems like more our style. And that's kind of how I ended up in San Francisco Ballet. I love that. So has it ended up being more your style, this oh, yeah, kind of atmosphere? For sure. I mean, even hearing other people coming in from uh, School of American Ballet, just like the style they did, it was just very much Balanchine. And, you know, Balanchine's great, but you don't have much, um, you can't really branch out from as much. And they, I don't think they really get the opportunity to do so in New York City Ballet. So I think San Francisco Ballet was definitely great thing for you. Great thing for me, especially coming from my background of having all those styles. Mm-hmm. I actually get to embrace those styles and try to make it work mm. so you feel like that early training uh even something like irish dance does that ever inform what you do now no okay. irish dancing is really the one that, <laughs> just, jazz, that didn't but... help i think <laughs> maybe the rhythm mm-hmm. um even going to my 
studio where I did our um, ballet and contemporary, they thought I'd be great at tap, and mm-hmm. I was absolutely terrible. Yeah. It was like the wrong the wrong ankle movement. Yeah. I was just going to say oh, ankle. God. People who do tap and ballet, I don't understand because you need such strong ankles. But then also ballet, so then you need to like, relax it. And it's our too much relaxation. was very much hitting the mm-hmm. floor. Right. Like a frappe would be in. So what did you take away from your time in the school here at uh, San Francisco Ballet School and your time as a trainee? Um, I just took away some technique. I mean, I, I think I naturally had a structure of what ballet was, but it was a lot of guessing. And mm-hmm. I think when I came here, I finally got some... It got got solidified by like Patrick Armand yelling at me, um, <laughs> telling me what I'm doing wrong and how to fix it and everything. I think that's what I took away from the ballet school and training yeah. program was just like straight up technique. Because right. I feel like at my old studio, I kind of got the artistry and I kind of got like <clears throat> why you love dance, right. but I, I it didn't really have the physical uh, the technique to back right. it up. These sorts of um, professional schools are perfect, like. Um, just polishing, you know, yeah. like yeah. adding that extra finishing, finishing school. school. Yeah. I mean, San Francisco Ballet is definitely a perfect finishing school. A lot of people come here at 16 or 18 just mm-hmm. to like get that last little finesse yeah. before they go out to mm-hmm. the ballet world. Because once you're in a company, you're you're on your own. You're figuring stuff out by yourself. You're fixing your technique. You're asking people around. So it's kind of nice to have those last focused years on solely technique. Right. So were you always interested in joining San Francisco Ballet, but um, joining the company as a student? Were you watching oh, the performances a lot? And- I think right from like getting here and finally realizing that it's a job. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the one thing that ballet world people always don't get. <laughs> what do you get. do? I'm yeah, a ballet dancer. I'm a ba- no, what do you do? <laughs> I'm a ballet But how do you make money? I'm a ballet dancer. <laughs> Come on. And actually, I have benefits. And- yeah. yeah. <laughs> Healthcare. I get massages twice a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, I think when I first came here and saw... Just like just with the men in the company too, just like being men out there and having jobs and having lives, and I was like, no, oh, I could, I could do that. That yeah. that mm-hmm. seems really cool and approachable and plausible at the same time. Yeah. So it was kind of a nice like combination mm-hmm. of it all. Mm-hmm. So you're still a relatively new face in the company. You've only you've been yeah. in the core for three years. Is that right? Uh, this is my fourth season. Three four, years. Okay. In the core. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, how, how, what is the transition like into company life? You're saying from school life where you, you do get to focus on technique and you have someone caring for you at the front to having to fit into a much larger picture. You got to take the reins on your career. I think here, you know, you got to make sure you're, you're being seen. You got to make sure you're coming to class. You got to make sure you know your choreography. I mean, Dancing and technique aside, you got to be good at your job. Mm-hmm. And the job part is knowing the choreography, showing up on time, being someone they want to work with. And I think a lot of people coming from schools or other places tend to forget that. It's not mm-hmm. solely about what you do on stage, even though that is like a big majority. It's it's coming to do the good attitude and being someone that the choreographer wants to work with, someone that will you know help push along the piece in a better direction, not just like tear it down with their dark cloud personality because <laughs> i mean it happens all the time where you just get those people who are phenomenal absolutely phenomenal but they lack the whole teamwork aspect which is definitely um an important part of being in a company yeah absolutely yeah and so i maybe in the past hopefully we're moving away from this but there used to be a certain like romanticizing of that idea too that once you yeah. uh, reach a peak level you're allowed to, to be yeah that's awful yeah I, mean, I feel like if i ever get to that point i would i would want to remember where I was, yeah. you know, and humility I, is a very attractive quality. <laughs> I just never, yeah, I never really understood how people just so easily forgot and moved past mm-hmm. into this alter ego that they created for themselves, right? Yeah, the principal dance. 
<laughs> so when you're a principal dancer, you're not going to be like that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, no. <laughs> no. It's going to be nice to everybody. Mm. Yeah. Well, you, you have already started to get some principal and soloist uh Roles. Yeah, I, uh, I just got promoted to soloist. Oh, oh, I don't know if you guys know that. Wait, it wasn't on the website. Oh, no. Tell us that. Uh, yeah, I just got, um, after my performance of Fancy Free back uh-huh. in March, um, he promoted me and Lonnie Weeks into a soloist position starting next season. Wow. That's wonderful. That's so, awesome. yeah, on the move. <laughs> Fancy Free is so fun. Do you enjoy doing Rebecca that? Rebecca did the purse girl. Yeah. I learned uh, the shy, shy one. Oh, that was That's me. what you did. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> that seems right for you. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like the right personality. Did you do the the pot that they had? Yeah, yeah, I did it with um who did I do it with? I did it with Sarah Van Patten, and then I did it with Madison Kiesler, and then I also did it with Sasha DeSola. Wow. So I wow. kinda went through uh They had a that's a lot. Oh yeah. Goodness. Were you the only person doing that part? No, it was um <laughs> Ulrich Ulrich Berkner. I'm not gonna try to say his last name. Oh thank goodness. Wait. We were having the same thing. We were Ulrich like Ulrich Danish guy. Um <laughs> uh, he did it as well. He did it with um Liz Matier. Liz, this is my friend. Yeah. UPA. <laughs> I wasn't, but I, it was a weird thing. I was there like five times a year because I knew everyone in the company and uh, just it was just great. I, I felt like I was a part of the company. Oh, I did guess with them once. <laughs> so Thanks. there's that. There you're in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, it was right after Fancy Free. Me and, me and Lonnie were hugging it out because it was our last show and mm. we were like, oh, we want to do one more show. And then Huggy came up. He's like, well, if you're, if you're going to do it again next season, you're going to do it as soloists. <laughs> that must be like the best part of yeah, right? like the job as those Oprah moments. Yeah. <laughs> you got a car. You got a car. <laughs> That's so wonderful. Well, congratulations. Thank I'm you. sure there's lots of exciting things to come for you. Yeah. Um, Do you have no more peasants? Is there a oh, Is there a God role bless. that you feel like was your breakthrough before that? Um I I, th- I think um it's kind of my unbound um, Huggy, Huggy saw all the rehearsals for it right. and I got very fortunate in the casting for Unbound because the company's split up into four groups as you know um, so yeah I, in all my pieces I get to do principal and solos roles and especially in one piece uh, Trey McIntyre's Your Flesh Shall Be a Great Poem um, I'm kind of like obnoxiously um, about me you know kind of thing where it's just like okay that's like 12 minutes solo going on stage so I think that was one moment where he saw something you know and then like I think throughout the season hopefully he saw some stuff and people got injured and stuff so I had to do some random sleeping beauties where I actually had to show some straight up ballet technique Mm -hmm. which was probably important to show him Um, (laughs) Because he knows that I'm, you know, a contemporary kid. I love mm-hmm. to move. I love to right. do that. But I also, I do want to do ballet. Classic I want to, I want to do Romeo. I want to, I don't want to do Donkey. I'll say that. <laughs> um, it's not my persona at all. Um, but I definitely want to try all the classics. Like mm-hmm. it's not, not something I want to throw away. Um, but yeah, I think uh, the rehearsal period for Unbound and the season was probably his chance mm-hmm. to, sh- to see me in a new light. I think that's another thing that's so great about any new work, really. And when you guys have the opportunity to have 12 new works all at once, this is a time when choreographers get to pull things out of you instead of yeah. like you're saying just stepping into a role like a Romeo or whatever. That's already something that's constructed. There's already an idea behind it. But this is something you can really make yourself mm-hmm. and show the artistic director what you can really do. I feel like the choreographers gave us that artistic freedom to just put our own yeah. style or our own twist on their movement, mm-hmm. which is pretty much what Unbound's about, is just putting a new twist on old tricks. Mm-hmm. Right. But this is probably a place where your previous training really does come in handy versus yeah. you only did ballet. That's very true. I mean... You, do you think that that has opened your mind in ways that makes you um, an ideal person to be used in a new work? 
Um, I would love to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to be an ideal person. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I can, I think in my body I have the physicality and technique to do a wide spectrum of things. Um, I think it's definitely up to choreographer to um, pull out which aspects he wants because I, I tend to make everything a little more fluid and movie and then, or if he wants more ballet, then I'll kill rain in my abs and try to use <laughs> try to use, use that core. use my core um but yeah i mean i would love to just be choreographed on and use stuff and i would love to do new works you know i love to branch out and actually do more of what ballet is going to be or i should say dance is going to right. be mm-hmm. so other than trey mcintyre's piece what other pieces are you dancing in here at the unbound festival um i'll be dancing in dwight roden's let's begin at the end um i'll be dancing in christopher wielden's bound two and i'm also learning uh stanton welch's bespoke or bespoke i haven't asked about how to say that <laughs> <laughs> so that's quite a, a hefty workload yeah it's hefty and when you it's just hard when you run all ballets in one day mm-hmm. or something like that which the first two weeks of the choreographers being here we'd have an hour and a half with each of them and it was just like Crazy. go go oh, yeah. break, go go you know yeah. so you're just kind of exhausted mm-hmm. and they Still they certainly exhausted. need i mean an, an hour and a half for them is nothing it's nothing yeah. so they have to pack that. it all in yeah. i'm sure they were expecting so by the second week we're just doing four runs oh, God. every single like four runs a day just the thought too of how much choreography was going through your mind at that time trying to like keep every ballet straight must have been really overwhelming you're body's so cool <laughs> like muscle memory half the yeah. time i don't know what i'm doing but my yeah just, body's like, just like you know uh. yeah the worst thing is you t- if you turn on the music and think you just have to turn on and respond yeah. physically yeah i feel like, like fancy free for instance that'll always be in my body mm-hmm. just oh yeah like that choreo- you, music, yeah. Yeah. you know it's just yeah. like every accent has a movement and you mm-hmm. can't yeah forget it yeah when it's yeah. that musical i yeah i always feel like that with any balance ballet as well when you hear the music you just know it you can just see it in your mind mm-hmm. what's happening <laughs> well things to learn <laughs> well thank you so much Ben we really thank appreciate you. it, it was we'll so let you get back to, to rehearsal but we really appreciate you taking yeah, time to spend time thanks guys finally today we talk with principal dancer Jennifer Stahl So thanks for joining us today, Jen. We really appreciate you taking time out of what is a very hectic moment, I'm sure, here at San Francisco Ballet, but we're happy to have you. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) So let's um, just start at the beginning. How did you get your start in dance? I... I always sort of danced around the house with my sister and we were very active musical family, but, um, and I did a little tumbling ballet at the Y when I was three and then some gymnastics and then ice skating. And when I was ice skating, that's when my coaches told me you should take ballet also. So that's when I feel like I really officially started Mm -hmm. training with ballet and then just loved ballet. So kept going with did that. you leave ice skating pretty soon into it you were just like oh this is what i i want to do now or i think how it was, long was within that? a year okay I, like slowly transferred training time yeah <laughs> how long was that though when, when did you um leave ice skating <laughs> i was i was ice skating i think when i was seven and eight okay like pretty young um and then yeah i think by the time I was nine, I think I was mostly doing ballet. So we won't be seeing you doing triple axles. No. Okay. <laughs> I did an axle at one point. Oh, <laughs> wow. Like, night, like right before I ended. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're like, I've done like it, once. I'm good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, all right, bye. <laughs> 
So can you tell us about your experiences in competitions such as the Prix de Luzanne and YAGP? Uh, uh, those were, I'm really glad I did competitions growing up. I mm-hmm. think it gave me uh, just a good outlook on handling pressure and mm-hmm. preparing for something like that. And then also you really get to meet a lot of other dancers and mm-hmm. other coaches and just see the dance world. Mm-hmm. And then also through Grand Prix, I was offered, or I was invited to come here to mm-hmm. our school. So right. that was obviously a big turning point in my right. Very important. life. <laughs> so that was really important. Did you uh, have other ideas of where you might go train and before that was offered to you was sf always something on your mind uh so i had been a what is it called national training scholar with abt uh, for, yeah uh, a couple of years at that point I had been at some summer programs with abt and so i that was always sort of what i had hoped and mm-hmm. like thought about or dreamt about yeah. um and then when i was when I came here and when the scholarship was presented and I was thinking, wow, this is, you know, 16 at the time. So especially for my family, I'm from Southern California. So it was just seemed natural. Yeah. Natural, like a great first step of really Mm -hmm. moving away from home. And um, yeah. And then once I was here, I, and I still thought, Oh, maybe I'd still end up going to back to New York for Mm -hmm. the summer or whatnot. And, then I just really loved it up here and loved getting to see the company and then what we were performing or what they were performing at the time. And it sort of just naturally progressed and I felt at home here. And yeah. So. Uh, I think it's interesting. You had, you had this background, big background in competitions. You had ABT as a goal company in mind. But as soon as you came to San Francisco Ballet, you were under the, um, at that point, the school was directed by Gloria Govern, balancing dancer. Uh, and you did Stars and Stripes in your workshop, or you guys call it Showcase, is that yeah, right? Showcase. Yeah, Showcase. <laughs> uh, so, and then you've done many balancing roles since you've been in the company. So was that something that be- was a natural fit that you maybe didn't realize until you got to here to SF? Yeah, that was a big surprise mm-hmm. because, yeah, Stars and Stripes was my first balancing experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had really only seen the Kirov one time performed in Southern California. They performed... All of Jules. Yeah, and, I saw that too. Yeah, and I loved it. And I remember loving Dana Vishneva and was really inspired by it. But that was, I didn't really have that much background or knowledge of Balanchine. And um, yeah, so, but right away, I loved the style and I loved the training here. And I felt like it was a great last year of my training as well because mm-hmm. my training all throughout was very Boganova, mm-hmm. Russian. Um, so I'm glad that that was sort of what I capped off my training with as well. Just moving a little quicker and just a different sort of approach to add into the mix. So, yeah. Um, but it was funny with some competitions, people would sort of always mention like, oh, you're a balancing ballerina. And I didn't really know. I was like, oh, cool. You know, (laughs) um, I do love when uh-huh. we get to dance some balancing, <laughs> we feel so you. We're I'm right glad there with that, you. That is part of our rep. Yeah, uh-huh. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like your ability to um, change so change styles so quickly also helps you in something like a festival like Unbound when you have all these different choreographers asking different styles from you? Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, I think that's something that's 
been a huge part of my career and mm-hmm. I think anyone's career here, you kind of have to be able right. to adjust and especially during the festival, being able to stay open, even just mentally and kind mm-hmm. of be comfortable getting uncomfortable right? and willing to just try to morph into whatever kind of style they're hoping for, mm-hmm. envisioning. And, mm-hmm. and I really love that. I love taking on something that I'm like, oh, I didn't know I could dance this way. Or I couldn't, I didn't know that I would actually like moving this way. Right. Um, so for this particular festival, we're here um, on the brink of the Unbound Festival. Uh, <laughs> yeah. well, which works are you in, firstly? So I'm in Wieldens, mm-hmm. uh, Stanton Lodge, Trey McIntyre, and Dwight Roden. Mm-hmm. So do you find that the the styles from those are kind of from the same realm, at least? Or are you kind of, you know, is your body being kind of thrown back and forth between different uh, modes? There's kind of a wide spectrum okay. for those four. Uh, let's see, Stanton's is probably the most classical. Ballet, ballet. Yeah, ballet, ballet. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, which is great. And actually, now with all the other styles, um, yeah, it's nice to have that coming home too. And it's more just like the pure joy of dance is what we've been saying and what he likes to say. Um, and then... Chris's ballet is more contemporary than what he has done before and um but still has some touches of classical in there so yeah that's sort of a mix and then it's been cool working with Dwight his style is very very physical but still fluid like you move through very different sort of shapes and the momentum though kind of takes you through these it's very full body momentum right. movements yeah. um and then and trays is a little more earthy it's just, it's just a so it's wide a, a range wide which range. is great so yeah do you have to take care of your body in a specific way that maybe you wouldn't have to if you were doing a balancing triple bill or sleeping beauty all day um, I've been taking a lot more Epsom baths. <laughs> I, bet, I bet you have. I'm uh, using my roller a lot more. Uh, just, yeah, because bouncing back and forth, like especially between maybe Chris's, there's more, a little more thigh work. You're getting lower to the ground and there's some more turned in things and we're in flat shoes and, um, and then bouncing from that and then going into Stanton's where you want to be pulled up and perfect fit. Yeah. And uh, so just making sure... Yeah, certain things aren't getting too tight or, yeah, um, yeah I think it's just mm-hmm. paying more attention. And So I, I want to rewind for a second. It's still very much in, um, in keeping with what you're talking about, how, you know, you start to know yourself in this new way of, of moving. Um, did you come in thinking or feeling that you, Coming, did you come into the company feeling like you were a very classical dancer and had to break out of that shell, or were you always interested in moving in different ways? I definitely thought of myself as a classical dancer, just because mm-hmm. that was my training, and I right. yeah, I did the competitions where we did variations, and yeah, that was just what I knew. Um, and then yeah, with each opportunity that came, and and then also being more encouraged uh, towards the contemporary after some things. And I, 
yeah, even Helgi would encourage me saying, I see you very much in contemporary works. And, and I was sort of surprised. Uh-huh. And I think almost stubborn too. Uh-huh. Like, no, but I'm doing the I'm classical. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then really learning to love it and love that I can do other things other than classical. So, yeah, what but were, I didn't know that. <laughs> some of your first um, challenges in that arena, what were what was like a an initial uh, contemporary ballet where you felt like, wow, I'm, I'm out of my box a little bit here? Oh, let's see. Um, well, we've just worked with so many different choreographers and more just learning to step outside myself mm-hmm. and just be open. Um, Mark Morris was one of the first choreographers I got to work with. And even though that's, wasn't so so contemporary but uh just a different way of thinking and approaching ballet and mm-hmm. having someone else telling you just their opinion or d- right. and what they want and um and kind of learning to move at their pace in the rehearsal as well and kind of going along with the process at their rate and right. one thing that i'd love for you to talk a little bit about is um doing Yuri Posakov's Rite of Spring. I saw some clips of that online and it's just so insane what you had to kind of put yourself into. And especially because I think you are such a beautiful classicist. Um, Thank you. That <laughs> to see you doing something that's so 180, what was that like for you? That was that was a big push and something I didn't really know if I could do or yeah how it would go. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was a beautiful challenge uh and yeah working with him i had worked with him before but not to that level or that type of role obviously but um he's also i think of him almost like a ballet uncle or something huh? <laughs> he's like he's brutally honest <laughs> um but also encouraging and um and just trying to get the images that he wanted and one of those memories you'll never forget. Yeah. Like, really important in your career. Yeah. yeah. And also, and even with all new works, but something especially like that, like that it's made on you. And so you have a little more voice into what actually ends up being part of the final product mm-hmm. because hopefully they're kind of going off of what works well for you and what mm-hmm. you're actually able to do well um, mm-hmm. with what they're envisioning. But, yeah, I mean, there's nothing really like having something created on you. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have you have the opportunity for so much of that here right now, which is so fun. So, you were just promoted this past year. Congratulations! Congratulations. <laughs> so exciting. Um, so, how has your promotion to principal changed your career? And do you think it's opened some new doors for you in terms of repertoire? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I think it also just opens up a new level of artistry and uh, I mean there's it's a higher level of responsibility but there's also a higher level of I think comfort and that I I mean it's a boost of confidence in that way and security and I'm trying to enjoy that as much as also the responsibility of it and fulfilling the title but also to kind of take it as yeah, a boost of, okay, now really just go forward. And um, yeah, I hope it opens up things and 
Time will tell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much we really for joining it. us and married for tonight. We'll thank see you, you out there. Thank you for listening. We have a lot more coming at you from San Francisco Ballet in the coming weeks. So stay tuned by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.